Welcome to the Sharkpreneur Podcast with Kevin Harrington and Seth Green. Kevin Harrington is the inventor of the infomercial, one of the original sharks from the hit TV show Shark Tank, and has generated over $5 billion in TV and digital direct response sales. Seth Green is the world's first trusted authority on cutting-edge direct response marketing, a best-selling author, and the only three-time Marketer of the Year nominee. On the podcast, Kevin and Seth interview sharkpreneurs who share straight talk on what it takes to explode your business. 49 faces looked to him in triumph. Over the last 12 months, they had each taken turns and promoted his business for a week at a time, driving over $987,342 in revenue. What if you had a network of 50 centers of influence who promoted your business every week for a year? Grab your copy of the number one Amazon best-selling book, The Ultimate Guide to Growing Your Business with a Podcast, at 33% off the Amazon price by going to ultimatepodcastbook.com. Again, that website for 33% off the Amazon price is ultimatepodcastbook.com. Good afternoon, everyone. This is Carl McKinney on the Sharkpreneur Podcast. I co-host with Seth Green and uh, Kevin Harrington. Today, we have Mr. Daly, Mr. Tom Daly from Sales Accelerator. Excelled and, uh, Acceleration. Yep. Yeah, Sales Acceleration. I apologize. Mm-hmm. And I've yeah. spoken with Tom previously, so I'm really, really excited to uh, to have this opportunity to interview him. So, Tom, uh, can you share kind of a specific example? Let's get right into it. How you've helped some, a business achieve its greatest growth potential as a, as a fractional sales leader? Yeah, sure. That's a great question. We get that all the time because when we say we're fractional, uh, some people are confused because they know what a fractional CFO is, for instance, but a, a fractional sales leader sounds like, hmm, never heard of that before. And it's really kind of an interesting business model that works well. So we, as advisors, we're independents, but we uh, are basically uh, authorized resellers of sales accelerations tools. And that gives us a couple of things. So when we go to companies, and this is very common, a lot of companies grew from like the entrepreneurial bud, Right. The, somebody really smart and talented and motivated came up with a service or a product and it took off. It worked. And typically what happens is they get to a certain point where scalability is no longer possible just because you need more people, more resources, et cetera. And typically entrepreneurs, while they're good at selling themselves, teaching others to sell or creating a process that's repeatable is not typical. So a lot of times companies hit that ceiling, if you will. And then at that time, it's it's really time to do two things. Number one, you need the sales leadership, which is really, really important, but you need that infrastructure. So a lot of things that you'll find in small businesses just don't exist, which you'd be surprised at. Things like quotas, CRM, sales process, buyer's journey, comp plans, quotas, people hiring all of that. So a lot of times what we do is we come in and we build that infrastructure so that it's ready for success. But then the other second part is that a smaller company may not be able to afford a full VP of sales comp plan. It may not be in the cards. It just does too much of a stretch. So what we've provided is say, you know, for less of that cost, we can do it part-time, but give you all of the benefit because most of us are like my age. I'm showing my age. Uh, We've been around. We spent time in corporate America. We've run our own businesses. We've done a whole host of things. So a lot of what we do is is kind of second nature to us. So we're in a position to deliver a bunch of value to small companies, assuming that they're willing to do the hard medicine that we're giving them. But if they are, then they're really in a position to enjoy the the best sales of their 
of, of their existence. So it's it's really a cool thing. It's it's my joy and my love, but it delivers a whole lot of benefit for those small companies that are really keen on on accelerating their growth. That is a great answer. Wow. Wow. So what inspired you to transition into this this role where you help <laughs> businesses as opposed to you know just continue running your own? I, I love that question, and it's so funny because for me, uh, I was actually uh, running the small business development center in my local county, Volusia, during the pandemic, and so got the opportunity to help about 375 businesses. So I really enjoyed it, but I've never, that was my first stint in the public sector. So I felt a little bit of like a fish out of water. I loved it. I enjoyed it. But while I was doing that, I met a lot of people, and then actually Sales Acceleration found me, however way they did and asked me if I was interested. And I was like, I don't know. And then I got to know Mark and Chad, the founders. I loved what they were doing. They have a servant heart. Um, they are all about helping people and core values are not just a buzzword. It's what they're really all about. And I was like, wow, that's me too. And so we really developed that relationship. And I said, you know, I had a long discussion with my spouse, right? We're going to do something different again. She's like, okay, <laughs> good luck. And uh, she said, yeah, I support you. So we did this. And, you know, I didn't know if it was going to work, but it's actually been the greatest move of my career. Cool, cool. So can you uh, elaborate on some critical sales infrastructure components you typically um with your clients? Yeah, so there's a lot there. So there's some basics that you'd be surprised that companies don't really think through um, where you need to find out who is your ideal customer. How do you help them? Because not so much who do I want to sell to. Yeah, that's somewhat interesting to a salesperson, but it's more important what problems are my target customer having? What are they trying to get? And then I had a moment of clarity for myself. Am I in a unique position to really help them achieve what they need to do or get rid of those problems? So that's all part of the infrastructure. What is my value prop? What do I do well? How can I delight customers? And how can I repeat that so that I can get people to say nice things about my brand, to refer me to their peers, et cetera? And that's a big part of infrastructure. The second part is forecast. Where are you going? Is it realistic? Yeah, it should be a little bit of a stretch, of course. But is it realistic? Is it doable? Have you put the KPIs or metrics or measurables in place to make that happen? And that's critical. So then you also, for the sales team, you have to set goals, not just for, okay, your quota is $2 million. Okay, well, that's a start. But by the way, how many outreaches does it take to get an appointment? How many appointments does it take to get a proposal? How many proposals do I need to submit out there to close an actual sale? And so a lot of people are like, oh, sales, it's all about big personality and talking people out of their body. I'm like, nah, it's far more mundane. It's always about people, so the right people in the right seats, and it's about process. And so that infrastructure uh, process is about creating process and metrics and measurable things so you can ans answer that fundamental business question, how am I doing? Right. Because at any given time, the principals, the leadership team needs to know how are we right now? And that's going to be a mix of leading and lagging indicators. So, of course, how many calls did you make? Yeah, we want to know about that. Right. How many appointments did you have? We want to know that. How much did you sell? Yeah, we want to know that. So we want to know all of those different things without driving a salesperson crazy because, you know, they don't like to be led. But we give them those pieces so that they can be measuring for themselves. Am I on track? Am I off track? Am I talking to the right people? Am I doing it properly? And that's where the sales manager comes in too, because it's really a partnership. It's not just a boss 
employee. It's very unique in the sales game. It's I'm your resource. I am charged with helping make the sales team successful. So I want to make sure that I'm working in areas where where are your gaps? Let's train on those. Where are your strengths? Let's really put some gas on that and blow it up as much as we possibly can. So infrastructure is that. Some other pieces that are common, sales process, what are the stages for that our client goes through? CRM, so you need a customer relationship management system to be able to nurture and really get those clients to move along. Or the other part of it is make, finding out that they're not the right client, and that's okay. Where we just say, gosh, not a match. I enjoyed our conversations, but it's just not a really good match for us. Move on. And CRM enables you to do that and say, we're not making, we're not making traction. We're not going forward, or we are. And so that's great, and it gives full visibility for management owner to be able to see, how's my business doing? As opposed to asking a sales rep, how's your month? Unbelievable. <laughs> like, okay, well, that's some description. But it's like, no, we are currently at about 55% of our number 10 days into the month. We have this many proposals out there that I'm very confident in. Our percentage of close historically has been this much. So from that, I believe that I can, I'm on track for about 105% of my goal. That's the kind of conversation we need to have. So it's all that sort of infrastructure and comp plans and job descriptions and a whole host of things. And again, it's pretty interesting because most companies, if you go to another department like accounting, they probably have that stuff. But in the sales department, lo and behold, it may not exist. And that's a really important foundation. Makes sense. So uh, can you describe a record-breaking sales result you've achieved for one of your uh, clients? Yeah, I can. So what are the... Yeah, one of my cons my one of my uh, construction companies is just awesome. They've been around for forty years. And now the the children are taking over, and they decided to pivot a little bit to a different sort of technology. It's called insulated concrete forms. That's not super important, but what it is is it's the ability to build structures that can withstand hurricanes. Um, are fifty percent and more efficient, et cetera. It's just a really really good product, but it's not well known. And so they wanted to go down that path and they were describing to me what their expertise is, what they wanted to accomplish. And I said, you guys are sitting on a powder keg here, but we need a plan. And so we did all that. And a lot of the things they were like, I'm not sure that's gonna work. And I said, well, I'm just gonna tell you that through my years of experience, I'm pretty darn sure that this is the right direction. So if you'll trust me, I think I'm the one with the most experience in this area. So let's try it for 90 days. And so we did. And we were fortunate to hire just a superb salesperson with a lot of experience that really bought into the process end of it. That's unusual. And he crushed it. And in his first year, we, we set up a, you know, a smaller quota for him. He actually did 200%. And this year now, he's just getting started. We're tracking for him to do 400% of his goal. So, and it's nothing that I necessarily did. I was there, I gave them the tools, but they were so jazzed about it and leadership was so supportive. They gave me the rope I needed that we were able to delight them beyond belief. And to me, that is the most fulfilling thing. That's the kind of thing I run home and tell my wife, you're not gonna believe what happened today. This is the coolest thing. And you really feel like you're helping because the way that success happened, they were able to help a whole bunch of clients get what they want. And that's always what it's about. It always comes full circle. Um, my other line is ringing. I apologize. <laughs> no worries. Um, so, you know, when, when you got that record-breaking result, what steps did you take to assess that sales team before you, you know, uh, before you um, 
<laughs> started them up before you got involved. You have to assess and see yeah. where they are. Do you have like a format that you use? I, I do. And the other thing that if I'm able to use it, I'm a big fan of EOS, Entrepreneurial Operating System. Okay. And fortunately, I would say, except for one of my clients, they all run on EOS just coincidentally, but I like the program. And the reason you, you and I have mentioned about this previously, the reason EOS, it, it, it's good, but it's not that it's just so amazing that nobody could invent it. It's so simple. It, it's brilliant. And what it does is two things. It creates a quarterly cadence. So you you set goals for the quarter and you're evaluating them weekly in your L10 or level 10 meeting to check those metrics. You know, are we on track, off track? Are we, are we making progress on our rocks or our obligations for the quarter or not? And we're having those conversations. And if we're not, it gives us a chance to pivot, maybe have some spirited discussion about why we're not getting done what we need to do. That's all part of it respectfully, full of dignity, but we're going to have those hard conversations and we're pushing towards it. We also ask the hard questions of saying, should we be spending that much resource on that deal that doesn't seem to be coming to fruition? Those are important questions where we may have three or four smaller ones that are right in our wheelhouse that are definitely closable. So it's not a game of the only answer is, it's a matter of discussion and moving forward. So to me, it's really about that quarterly cadence resetting because we didn't hit our number. It's not like the year's over. We're just going to do things differently. Setting the right metrics, uh, leading people in a way that inspires, doesn't feel oppressive, and to measure those metrics on a weekly basis in real time. The other thing for salespeople is for sales managers to be effective. We do a lot of things like this, like you and I are talking on, on video calls. I do a ton of that and we do sales meetings. But the best part is when the sales manager is in the car or in the office with the sales rep, where they're both working together, evaluating each other, making sure that we're there and then coaching for excellence. And that's really, that's key to sales success. Without it, I know I couldn't have been the salesperson I, I am today, without some really awesome people that took the time and the patience to sit with me, watch what I'm doing, tell me what, not what I wanted to hear, but what I needed to hear. And so that's right. my goal. And that's really important. That's right. Now, can you, um, oh, let's do this. What qualities or attributes do you believe are essential for inspiring sales professionals? I need to know that. <laughs> Yeah. Well, it's so funny because I'm glad you asked that because amongst all the advisors, we talk about this a lot, that there's kind of a misconception that it's loud personality, you know, really almost obnoxious, you know, tenacious, loves to just cold call people and get hung up on. And it's nothing like that. In fact, we know that cold call is a process. It's part of the process, right? It's just a stage where we're trying to touch people to see that if they are likely to benefit from what I do. And then we qualify them to say, yeah, it looks like they they could. And then we get them to the point of, okay, well, what problems are you having? Is there is there an alignment between what we do to help people and with what you're trying to accomplish? So that's important. But I would say the biggest the biggest one of all that the best salespeople in the world are simply of a servant heart. They just like helping people. They like being that. Oh my gosh, you helped me. Oh, wow, I had never thought of that before. Oh, my gosh, you've helped us get to where we never thought we'd get before. Those are the moments for a servant heart where you go like, oh, I'm doing what I'm supposed to do. And I would say that the top 1%, maybe even 10% of salespeople, that's how they approach it. They love helping people. They're proud of their craft. They're organized. They are deliberate. 
And then the big key that I always go to salespeople, the only thing that even gets bad, good salespeople in trouble is inability to effectively prioritize. And that's just because there's so much on your plate, so much you have to do. You have a hundred things to do this today. You're not going to get them done. So you have to have in that quiet moment, maybe in the morning or the night before, what are the 10 things that come hell or high water, they're going to get done. If the others slide by, so be it. But these 10 are the ones. And you don't come off topic and you don't get distracted by, you know, we're all like that, right? Squirrel, new email came in. Oh, my phone's ringing. Oh my gosh. And you have to resist the temptation to just be be led. You have to take the lead. And so people that are organized, deliberate, and really prioritized effectively, they'll be fine. Um, the folks that struggle with that, and most people do, to do that independently day in, day out, that's a hard job. That's why salespeople get paid the big bucks, because it's a really difficult thing to do and yes, difficult to do independently. Yes, it is. I will agree with that. Yep. So how do you ensure that your efforts will have a long-term sustainable impact on their revenue growth? That's a good point. So that infrastructure piece with it, we give them all of the tools that are then scalable. So if it's a million dollar company that one day aspires to be 10 million, we create all of the infrastructure components that are completely scalable. So even as we leave, we always say we try to work ourselves out of a job. I'm not there to be a W2 employee and be there forever. I'm for a specific period of time so that they can get where they need. And then hopefully we can hire them a sales manager. But all those tools we created for them are completely scalable and modifiable. Um, CRM is a must, as you and I always talk about, because that enables us to do two things, accumulate all the data we need, but also be able to sort it and access it in an intelligent and fast manner. That's super important. And then the last thing I would say, it's a little bit on the modern side, but a lot of the AI tools now, People are familiar with ChatGPT for creating content and just kind of having some fun with it. And it's terribly useful. I use it every day. But now there are more specific AI tools that are out there. They're basically taking the traditional tools like a CRM, but being able to add an element of um, Intel into it so that we can be even more laser, fo uh, laser focused on the clients that we need to do. So that's very scalable. So that's going to happen over time. The other thing is just stay the course. What ends up happening, and again, I love entrepreneurs. They're my favorite people. But entrepreneurs are after the next shiny thing, right? They're like, ooh, got a new idea. And they can see around corners like the rest of us can't. But because of their proclivity, they have a sense of, let's try this. Oh, let's not do that. And I always say, hey, Mr. Walt Disney, you stay over there and come up with some great ideas. I'm Roy Disney. We are going to make the trains run on time. And so we have to stay the course. So if you stay the course in sales, now, I'm not saying your strategy, you're going to adjust that over time, but your functionality, your process, your metrics, if you're doing that day in, day out in the same way, you are going to be successful. But if you pivot to different new shiny things and different ways of doing things and you're inconsistent in your process, it, it's exhausting and you, you will not be efficient. You just can't. Unless you're smarter than me. <laughs> Maybe you can do it. <laughs> right. It makes all the sense in the world. Can you share a, a case study? or um, a success story from your experience as a fractional sales leader? Yeah, sure. One of the ones the that was interesting about, uh, yeah. it's kind of the same question, but what yeah. study? that's a good one. One of the things that was really interesting, I had a client that sold uh, engineering or architectural services from India. So um, much less expensive and uh, really young, super bright uh, Indian people, all uh, graduates 
And then they also teach them conversational English over there. So for what costs us maybe $150 here in the U.S. an hour, they do it for about $25 or $30. The problem there was it was an American-based um, entrepreneur that he wanted to sell from here, but he wanted to manage it from India. And while there was, for all the best intentions, the time delay and everything else just didn't work. So what we ended up doing is saying, how about this? We'll do business development from there because they have telemarketers. We'll take that information and other marketing that you're doing. We'll use LinkedIn to promote it, but then we will use the American sales reps to actually be reaching out to the American architects. That ended up being just wonderful. And uh, they, I think they probably grew by about 170% last year. So they just grew monstrously because it's a, it's high. I mean, it's talking about a pain point. The hardest thing for engineers and architects are to get new engineers and architects at a reasonable price. So most all of them, when you meet them, they're all like their hair is on fire. They're like so exhausted. So they have so much more business that they can't handle. And so this particular solution gives them capacity without having to hire people. And so just really great. So it was being able to articulate it. So that that was a really great success uh, story. But we also found out trying to sell from India with a bit of a language difference does not work as well in some of the high growth areas like Texas and Florida. So we just had to pivot a little bit and it, and it launched. And so, you know, just trying to skin, skin the cat a different way. Okay. Now, given all your success, what's your biggest challenge right now it's a challenge that's a great question because i'm not feeling challenged right now i think that the biggest challenge for me and always will be because really at my age i i am living my best professional life and i this is the story i tell when i was 25 years old i was that hotshot sales rep just doing my thing out there and i was really the smartest person in the room. You could just ask me, just ask me and I'll tell you how smart I am. There was no reason for me to really doubt what I was doing. And a funny thing happened as I got older and actually smarter is I realized I don't know anything. So I don't know about you, Carl, but when I come into the office and I'm always working on new technologies, new situations, I'm like, holy moly, I've got so much to learn. And now I actually celebrate it and say the biggest challenge is being able to, because I like to consume a lot of books, ideas, meet really other smart people that challenge my way of thinking. And my challenge is being able to cram all of that in, in a way that is most helpful to my clients because there's only so many hours in the day. And so that is that is tough. And I struggle with that every day. I think I'll always struggle with that because I'm always trying to be a little bit better, but I, I don't know that I'll ever get really good at it. I'm just going to keep trying. Makes sense. So let me ask you this. Where can people go to learn more about you? Yeah, thanks. Perfect place to go is either to my LinkedIn page. So it's Tom Daly, Sales Acceleration, you'll find me. Or my website is like my, my company's name really long. It's focusinsightsgroup.com. And so you can go there, but really it's, it's just super simple. LinkedIn is the best place. LinkedIn, here's a little tidbit for you. I've used LinkedIn since 2000. I was a new guy. And so that's why you see in my my URL, it says 4796. I'm the 4700th person to join LinkedIn. So it's just a fun fact. But what I, what I say about that is it has brought me more business than any other thing in the world out there because it's about community, content, insights, and connections. 
And if you do that with a servant heart, with sincerity, and you really want to help other people and just learn, um, you'll be great. So I would say LinkedIn is a great place to meet me because that's where all my friends are. Are we connected on LinkedIn? We better be. If we're not, I'm going to make it happen. <laughs> I'm doing it right now. Awesome. So, Tom, listen, thank you for this uh, brief 25 minutes. It was great. Thank um, you. My audience is going to love this. And uh, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm really glad that you I remember our sales call. And, uh, yeah. Really yeah. Gave opportunity here. Uh, awesome. To my audience, this is Pearl McKinney. Uh, co-hosting the Sharpreneur podcast with Kevin Harrington and Seth Green. We will see you and talk to you the next time. Why do so many businesses struggle while others seem to explode overnight? Do you wish you had the secret to this type of exponential growth? Now, I've scaled more than 20 businesses to over $100 million, and it's not just luck. In my new book with Mark Tim, Mentor to Millions, you'll learn the repeatable framework I use in all my business ventures for massive success. Order at KevinMentor.com and get over $1,000 in bonuses. Head to KevinMentor.com. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit C-SuiteRadio.com.